0: Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Daikin. Hey, Texans fans. Get a home field advantage this summer with Daikin Air Intelligence tips you can use to beat the heat in your home. Learn how to lower your energy costs, reclaim your outdoor space, and breathe easier by improving your indoor air quality. It's all part of Daikin's Air Intelligence, and you can learn all about it by visiting daikinloveshouston.com. As one of Houston's largest employers, Daikin is doing big things for your fellow Texans. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer today. Now back to the show.
1: Here's the snap. Looking. Flips the ball. Diving for the pylon. And he's got it. Razzle dazzle. Touchdown Houston. And the Texans go in front.
2: Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy, and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming.
1: Oh, us out. The Texans say they have it, and they do!
3: Now, it's Texans All Access.
0: Welcome, everybody, to a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, football analyst and reporter. Less than 48 hours away from heading to Cleveland for the first time in six years. Now, we've seen the Browns twice in that span in 2017 and 2018, but both of those were at Energy Stadium. We are now going to First Energy Field, I think is what it's called, to take on the Cleveland Browns. Now, I don't know about the dog pound and all that. I know they've got limited um, fan involvement in the stadium, so it'll be interesting to see and hopefully we all stay dry. Hopefully we've had rain. The only we had four road games. The only game that we didn't have rain was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was beautiful all day long, uh, but we've had rain at every other stop. Not massive downpours, but enough to keep you soaked uh, for the rest of the day. Jacksonville was close. I it was it was very close. They it, in Jacksonville, Florida, because I've lived there. I know the weather, and it, it's kind of like here. You get this shower for like five minutes, and it's done. In that case, Jacksonville, I was walking near the moat and I was about to walk out of the East Club down the stairs, and all of a sudden it poured for like two minutes and then it stopped. And then it did a little bit, a little bit later, and then it stopped. Cleveland, it looks like it might be gone before the game starts, so hopefully that is the case. But natural surface, so any sort of rain is gonna, I don't know, slow up the team in some way, shape, or form, but it Probably will help the Browns, given the fact the Browns have the better running game. But we'll see how this all goes on Sunday, 12, here in Houston, 1 p.m. If you are up in Cleveland going to the game, it's 1 p.m. They are Eastern Standard Time up in Cleveland. And I, I like going to Cleveland. The last time we went there, like I said, was 2014. That was one of my favorite trips. Talked about it with Mark Vandermeer, I think maybe last night. The Browns were six and three. That's what a lot of people forget. The Browns were six and three. Mike Petton was the head coach. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. And they were getting it done. They were six and three. Brian Hoyer had just gone to the Falcons, I think, the week before, and had a huge come from behind victory. And then we come in. And I think we I want to say we were coming off a bye. Yeah, we were. We were coming off a bye. Because the first day out of the bye, that Monday out of the bye, Bill O'Brien announced that Ryan Mallett was going to be the starting quarterback going forward. So Mallett had a couple of weeks to get ready for that one. So we go up there. We're starting Ryan Mallett. And he throws his first NFL touchdown pass to wide receiver J.J. Watt, which was kind of odd and weird in some ways, but Watt made a great catch. Watt got two roughing the punter penalties, I think, on consecutive drives. Then he had a huge four-fumble sack later. Mallett threw a laser touchdown to Garrett Graham. And we walked out of there with a big victory and then got on a plane. And I'll never forget that we got on a plane and the plane was just raucous. It was, it was unlike any of the trips we had had, even though we had won, it was just raucous. And it was all like, I turned to Mark at some point. I was like, well, this is it, man. We got our quarterback. This is the way we're going to play with him. This is going to be awesome. And then one week later, Cincinnati, we circled the drain. Mallet was hurt out for the year, went back to Fitzy. And you know Fitzy played pretty well actually but I just remember that trip to Cleveland being a really good one. So here's hoping Sunday turns into that kind of trip on the way home. Texas 2 and 6, Browns 5 and 3 at the midway. Mark, and Thursday night, if you missed it, the Indianapolis Colts went into Nashville and put a hurting on the Tennessee Titans 34 to 17. So both of them are 6 and 3, but the Colts have the edge because the Colts won in Nashville. Now the Titans last year, when they went to Indianapolis, Indianapolis was going to kick a field goal to take a 20-17 lead. Tennessee blocked it, ran it back, took a 24-17 lead. Hill hit Khalif Raymond for a touchdown. They came out of there with a 31-17 win at Indy last year. And you never know what's going to happen with Indy because they're up and down, kind of ride the wave um, of Phillip Rivers. But last night it was special teams. Trevor Daniel, former Texas punter, shanked one for about 17 yards. Colts scored after that, take the lead. Then EJ Speed blocked the Trevor Daniel punt. That went for a touchdown to TJ Carey. That gave them a 27-17 lead, and it was over. Tennessee did not score in the second half. Tennessee didn't even move the ball in the second half. And the Colts jumped all over them. So both teams heading into the weekend, 6-3. And, and I know there's, is there hope? No, I I don't I don't want to say no. Um I don't who knows. Here's the thing you can do. You just win the next game. Just win the next game. 1-0 this week. You can't be you can't be 5-0, win the next 5-0 this week. So just win this one against Cleveland. And it won't be easy. Cleveland favored by 3. About right. At home, you get 3 points. So they're thinking these teams, even though the records are vastly different, are pretty close. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. All right. We've got plenty of show tonight. We've got our Deep Slant 1-on-1 sponsored by Xfinity. That is with DB City, of course, and she sat down with safety Justin Reed. We'll also have Drew Doherty with the final word later in the show, and that is going to be with Terrell Adams. It was nice to hear he and Terrell do 12 questions the other night. Drew doesn't, but today, kind of dive into the matchup a little bit more with Drew's final word in our last segment. I'll give you First Community Credit Union first glance keys to the game for this one against the Browns. And then I will also give you all my predictions for the NFL weekend. I probably would have gone with the Colts last night. So I'm going to take a win. And it was a one point. The Colts were favored by one. I asked John McClain when we did our Thursday night show, "Did you do you think that this is wrong? And it showed last night. It was definitely not wrong. <laughs> it was just too low. The Colts were dominant throughout the game. So, we got plenty to do on the show tonight. Oh, and we'll have a little Texans audio jukebox where we are introduced to newest Texan, Josh McCown. And I said it on these airwaves, probably I think a week ago or two weeks ago, that I wanted Josh McCown in this organization in some way, shape, or form. Now, I'm thinking as a coach, but if he comes in and he's got to step in in some way, shape, or form, I'm okay with that. I told you I gave you a homework assignment a few weeks ago on Josh McCown. Go watch episode 8, I think it was, that's the last episode, and then go find the episode, I think it's the 5 or 6, where McCown is featured. You'll fall in love with the guy if you haven't already. Even all you Stephen F. Austin people, you'll fall in love with him too, even though he went the same as the state. So anyhow, Josh McCown in the building, we'll hear from him later in the show. Whitney Merciless talked today about dealing with the COVID and what he thought about Josh McCown being there, so we'll have a little Texans audio jukebox a little later in the show. But right now, let's get it. Let's get into our Hot Reads, and they are brought to you by Geico. And Geico's coming with some good news, folks. You want to save 15% on car insurance? All you got to do is call Geico or go to geico.com, and they will take care of you. And it takes no more than 15 minutes. All right, our first Hot Read each and every Friday is Mark Vandermeer taking the opportunity to sit down with the head coach of the ball club. So he sat down today with interim head coach Romeo Cornell to talk about the Browns going back to Cleveland and everything involved in this game on Sunday. Mark?
1: So, Coach, what's it been like getting ready for the Cleveland Browns? They started the season running the football so well. I know the injury to Chubb slowed them down a bit, but what about stopping that ground game in this one?
4: Well, stopping the ground game is always important, particularly for us since uh, we haven't been great at it. So uh, we're going to have to do a good job against their running backs and and, you know, they got two of them now uh, who run very well. And so uh, we're going to have to load it up a little bit. I I think that they will realize that that's what we have to do. And so we're going to see play action passes, bootlegs, you know, to take advantage of the linebackers trying to feel the run. So if we can stop the run, that'll take a lot of pressure off the linebackers so they don't have to feel as fast and then be able to get bodies in that underneath throwing area.
1: Coach, is Baker Mayfield one of those quarterbacks similar to Watson in this way that you have the play that's called, but it's also what happens after whatever's called might break down where he can improvise and run or throw outside the pocket?
4: Well, he has those capabilities, yes. Um, But one thing I've noticed about Baker – uh, this time is that he seems to be very familiar and comfortable with the offensive scheme that they're running. And he operates very well within that scheme. And so uh, he doesn't run as much as he used to run. You know, now if 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 the protection breaks down or something like that, or, or if everybody's covered and you give him a lane, then he'll pull it down and, and run with it but he's more than willing now to take what the defense gives him and, and he'll throw it many times.
1: Coach last week, I hate to talk about last week, but you ran for over a hundred yards and and that's a pretty decent number as a team. I know you want to see more, but what about the Texans ability to move the ball on the ground coach?
4: Well, you know, it's always difficult. uh, When you play in, in a weather situation, whether it's just rain or whether it's cold, uh, And and whatever it is, and teams that play in November and December outdoors, uh, usually they have good running attacks because they know that, you know, throwing the ball consistently uh, is not always the best thing to do uh, if there's weather. You know, so uh, uh, if we can generate that running attack and be good at it, I think that that will take a lot of pressure off us uh, and put more pressure On their defense.
1: What about strategy in the kicking game as far as weather? Is that the kind of thing you evaluate right before the game just to see how things are going with kicks and wind and how it affects everything?
4: Definitely. You know, you go out uh, and sometimes you go out early to see what's happening, which direction the wind is blowing. uh, If there's rain, how much rain and how that impacts uh, uh, the moisture on the ball. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. and then which direction the wind is going, whether it's going cross field, whether it's going up and down the field. And then you have to make some decisions depending on that.
1: Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Best of luck against Cleveland. Thank you, Mark.
0: All right, let's get to our next hot read. And that is going to be a little bit of a COVID-19 update. But not with the Texans. It's with the Browns. Earlier this morning, there were a number of statements put out actually one statement put out from the Cleveland Browns saying that they were going to shut the building down today because an individual in the building had tested positive for COVID. A while later, they gave up another statement that said, we have found uh, that through contract tracing, no other people are involved in this, unlike it was for the Texans. And then they placed offensive lineman Chris Hubbard on the COVID-19 list. Now, Hubbard has been starting at guard for Wyatt Teller, and I would imagine Wyatt Teller's going to be back for this one, but Hubbard's been in that guard spot for Teller at certain points this year, but Hubbard now goes on the COVID-19 list, but lucky for the Browns, they didn't have any contact tracing um, that affected other players, like with the Texans it was Jacob Martin, Woody Merciless, and Dylan Cole got caught in that, they were able to come back after five days, so now uh, uh, Hubbard will be away from the team. I believe it's for 10 days. Actually, he's got to test positive, uh, of course, but that uh, takes a a little hit at the depth of the offensive line of the Browns, but at least with Wyatt Teller coming back for the Browns, they should be uh, good to go, but I know when I saw that for my first thought, it's, oh gosh, is that many games off? No, they got back in the building later this afternoon, and they're getting ready for the Texans, and so everything should be a go for Sunday against the Cleveland Browns, even with that COVID-19 positive test for Chris Hubbard, the offensive lineman for the Cleveland Browns. Now, let's get to our last hot read, and that is always the status report for this game. Who's in, who's out, and how who's questionable or doubtful. All right, on the Texans' side, you're going to have two players out, Sunil Kalamete and David Johnson, both dealing with the concussions they sustained. In the win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. The other two are questionable, those being Dylan Cole and Charles Amenehu. Now, on the Brown side, the one thing that we're gonna keep an eye on is Nick Chubb. Kevin Stefanski held his press interview, his interview today. Like I said earlier, they moved everything back because they had the COVID situation. So they moved things back. And Nick Chubb is Back at practice this week, he is—he was on IR, injured his knee, and he got into that practice window, that 21-day window, and Stefanski said today at his press uh, junket, if you will, he's not totally sure yet. He has seen Nick make the strides that they expected, and they still want to talk it over with the medical staff because they want to be totally sure. So still no complete status on Nick Chubb but he is available but they don't have to make that declaration and my point with that is Kareem Hunt on his own very good running back does a lot for the Browns no doubt the league rushed in the league I think three four years ago but you put Kareem Hunt with now a healthy and rested Nick Chubb That run game averages 150 yards per game. It's one of the best in the league, and now you're getting the bell cow back. Yikes. I kind of want Nick to just take the day off just one one more week. One more week is all we need uh, from you, Nick Chubb. But either way, that's the one we'll keep an eye on through the weekend. But as of now, it is still wait and see. Now, my thought on it is probably pretty much the same as Anthony Weaver's, and that is we're planning on him to play. And I would if if he doesn't. All right, well we gotta face Cream Hunt. It's kind of the same philosophy, and that is you gotta bring your lunch box, your uh, lunch pail, and your hard hat, and go to work, and use everything you got in your body to bring those guys down because it is not easy. So we'll keep an eye on Nick Chubb for the Browns. He's really the only key player to kind of keep an eye on this week uh, for the Houston Texans. They get ready to take on Cleveland on. Sunday. All right, those are your hot reads brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. We get back. Let's dive into our deep slant interview of the week sponsored by Xfinity. DP sat down with Justin Reed. And that's next on Texans All Access.
3: If you love podcasts and you love the Texans, you'll love our Texans podcasts. Now available on iTunes and HoustonTexans.com.
5: I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in Houston, with the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for, only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800-plus cities.
6: The Hyundai Thanksgiving sales event is going on now, so that means it's time to feast on the savings. What's more, you'll get the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and complimentary maintenance. Hurry into the Hyundai Thanksgiving sales event before these great deals get gobbled up.
1: Get 0% APR for up to 72 months on the 2021 Sonata or get up to twenty two fifty cash back. See your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans. For well-qualified buyers only. Offers end 1421. Call 469-613-0227 for more offer details.
3: What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points, Saturday nights at 1030 or after the late local news on ABC 13.
0: Yes, sir. Welcome back to this Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, and it is time for our Deep Slant. One-on-one of the week sponsored by Xfinity, and that means my good friend Deepi Sidhu is stopping by to sit down with one of the Texans players, and she's done, I mean, these are great. The one she did with Kong Gillespie was absolutely fantastic. I can only imagine that this one with Justin Reed is going to be as good. So here we go, Deep Slant, one-on-one of the week, sponsored by Xfinity. DP, sit down with Justin Reed.
6: Before I ask you any questions, we talked to Eric Murray the other day, and we asked him about all these Zoom calls and these Zoom meetings that you guys are having uh, who's the most disruptive on Zoom? Who's always got the dog barking or the kids crying or <laughs> the, the most the disruptive
7: on the Zoom calls? Yeah. Man, that's a good question. It's it probably gonna be AJ Moore or Key, Keon Crossing, one of the two, man, the the dynamic tandem man and especially but they're gonna be one of those guys for sure. Guys are characters.
6: That's really funny because Eric thought it would be him. He's like, I've got a dog. I've got a baby. He's like, it's just uh, he was saying it was, it was probably going to be him. Yeah.
7: Even very pretty solid about, you know, turning the mute on and off whenever he needed, you know, (laughs) whenever he's speaking and not speaking.
6: All right. Let's talk about you. How's year three going for you? Obviously it's not the season anyone expected, but Mm -hmm. for you personally, you've had some big plays this year. You blocked a field goal against the Titans. You had that big fourth down stop against Jacksonville. Tell me how it's been going for
7: you so far. I feel like i made a couple of plays. I feel like I've grown a lot in the three years being here on the mental side of the game, just understanding professional football, how offenses generically work, especially getting to know our division rivals and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, We're all not exactly happy about where we are right now. You know, still have a lot to fight for this season and still a ways to go. Still got a bunch of games to play, including the exciting one this week against Cleveland. Um, So just still chopping away at it team that ways we can get better um me challenging myself ways I can be better um one of the ways that I feel like aside from my own play that I've really grown this year is just the leadership and being in the room and trying to raise the level of play of the guys around me and be that voice and you know help teach them the way that I was taught um by the vets my rookie year and Kareem and Tyron and Jonathan Joseph um and be that guy for the new guys coming in
6: I mean, I can't help but think about J.J. and your third years because J.J.'s first two years, the Texans made the playoffs. The third year was a really disappointing season in 2013. And, and you were here for the, for the 18 and, and 2019 where the Texans also won the division and made the playoffs. So this has got to come That's as a kinda, surprise for you. Kind of
7: weird. Yeah, I didn't even know it happened You're
6: like You're just that. like J.J.,
7: Justin. <laughs> right. So, um, well, maybe I'll get to 100 sacks too. Then. You know what I mean? That's the trend <laughs> that is going
6: How has it been with Romeo Cornell? I know you guys have had a lot of experience with him, and, you know, he takes over the team. He's obviously done a lot for the defense in recent years, but what's the leadership been like under him so far?
4: All
7: the guys in the room love Rack, man. He just has something special about the way that he coaches that um, brings the juice, brings the energy. I mean, everyone remembers the video that went around whenever he was dancing after the Jaguars win the first time. Um, He just really knows how to get the juice and energy out of the guys and get guys really excited to be on the field and play football and play physical and play hard I think he's done a great job you know and he's a defensive guy too which I enjoy being on the defensive side of the guy so he's really started you know challenging the defense on being better you know what I mean making more plays and getting fourth down stops and raising our level of play overall
6: he said that you've really settled into your role that you're playing more in the box uh these days in these last few games and you you've done really well you've got some tackles and you seem really comfortable there how how has that been for you, adjusting to your role? Um,
7: as- we've put in a new scheme this year um, with the coverage we've been running with all the cover threes and everything, and um, I have. I've, I've settled into it. I feel comfortable in the defense. I've really started to get a feel for it, especially in the last couple of weeks. But just continuing to build on that, you know I mean? There's always ways that, you know, we can keep with the disguises, make things a little bit better, you know what I mean, the crisper drop and things like that. But um, I have settled into the role. I'm starting to have more fun, um, making a couple more plays, and that roll down low and uh, having a good time doing it.
6: What is it that you like playing um, in the box so much? Is it that you're closer to the ball? Is it you get to land a few yeah. more hits? What What is it about that? Yeah, that you I feel like, like it's watch?
7: just a lot more action. You know, I get to be a little bit more instinctive, being close to the ball, I get to fit in the run a lot more. Um, you know, you get to do a little bit of everything, get the blitz off the edge. I didn't get, get the blitz nearly as much my first two years as I get to do now with all the exotic patterns that Coach Weed is putting in. Um, so I had fun with it.
6: So when training camp started, you had to get used to Eric Murray uh, playing alongside you, which which you guys did really well. But then throughout the course of the season, there's been a lot more changes, either with injury or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Murray's playing a little bit more nickel. You've got Lonnie Johnson at safety. With everyone else transitioning around you, how has that made your job a little bit harder? Or what have you had to do to sort of adjust to that?
7: Well, for me, it's just been about staying flexible, staying versatile. Um, one of my strong points is, I really know the defense extremely well in every position in it. So whenever injuries happen or anything happens to where we got to switch a guy around, I really feel comfortable switching, playing in the deep part of the field, down low, maybe even star um, if the team needs me to do that too. Um, so we got a couple of guys that are flexible and dynamic and you know have versatile abilities that they're able to move around positions. So for me, it's just about putting everybody in the best place possible for the defense to be solid and make plays. So specifically for me, that's playing whatever role that coach we've asked me to play right now is playing down the box and I have fun doing that but whatever happens you know injuries happen the whole COVID situation happens guys have to move around sometimes and I'm comfortable doing that too
6: I mean I've seen you a lot out and about in the community you talk about being a good communicator I know things are different this year everything's virtual but um, you have made some appearances you've talked to some local high schools you've been really passionate about getting out the vote and social justice initiatives uh, what part of that aspect do you like so much? What What are some of the, your messages been to the youth around Houston?
7: Yeah. Well, whenever I was a kid, I had a bunch of role models and idols that I looked up to in the athletic world, and now I'm on the other side of that, and it's really cool. and And I take that responsibility seriously. You know, still get back and be that guy that wouldn't talk to a high school team because that's something that those young men are never going to forget. You know what I mean? I'm able to just affect a couple of them, and you know, inspire them to be better or to put in better effort or maybe even inspire them to grow up one day and do the same thing what I did for them for them to do for the next generation after them you know that's what I really seek to do so it's always been a big um initiative of mine I want to be out and be active in the community and make a difference and that's what I intend to keep doing
6: I think it's really interesting because it's not just sports that you're talking about you're also very accomplished obviously having gone to Stanford. Um, you're pursuing your engineering degree. So, you know, there's a lot of options for kids these days. They don't have to just be athletes uh, because not everyone's mm-hmm. going to be a professional football player. But mm-hmm. um, you can really drive home the stay in school, study hard message. What about you and John Reed? You've got two engineers now, our uh, aspiring yeah, engineers. Because Reed, Reed's got it's his, Jay another Reed, Jay Reed, he's got an engineering degree. And everyone makes fun of me for always wanting to talk about engineering because it's something I'm passionate about. But do, have you two talked about that? Jay
7: Reed is a, and I say young Jay Reed, he's actually older than me. But Young oh, is Dick Reed he? a, hes very passionate. He's a very smart guy. I mean, anytime you hold a conversation with him, you can tell how intellectual and cerebral that he is as a player. Um, and I think that's really paying dividends for him and coming into an NFL season where he didn't have the opportunity and reps for in training camp. You know, there was no OTAs. There really wasn't a real training camp. Um, but he's done a, a good job coming in just because he is so smart and being able to still learn the playbook and adapt. And I think he's going to be – Continue to build and get better, and he's going to be a good player for us.
6: All right. So Sunday, you guys faced Baker Mayfield and the Browns. You were here, obviously, when Baker was a rookie. It was it was your rookie year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you remember about him, and and how much has he changed?
7: Yeah, um, I feel like a lot has changed. I feel like their old line, offensive lines, a little bit better. He had a couple more weapons with them. Odell, I wish I did get to play against him this game because I love the challenge of you know what I mean playing against talented guys. Um, but Odell is down, but he still has a bunch of talent around him and. Uh, David Njoku and Austin Hooper and Jarvis Landry and the two dynamic running backs they have uh, in Chubb and Hunt. I feel like he's grown on the mental side of the game. Still not afraid to make throws, but I still remember the last time we played him that we were able to make a couple turnover opportunities as well, too. Zach Cunningham having to pick six, a forced a fumble on the goal line. So we just got to keep making those explosive plays on the defensive side of the ball as well as on the offensive side of the ball like we did last week.
6: All right. Something you two have in common. You both make commercials. I mean, he's probably got a few more on you, but
7: I actually like his commercials. They're pretty they're fun. funny. The ones, the ones in the stadium where he's talking about, I lost my he's home. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty good. Yours funny. are
6: pretty good too, Justin. Don't sell yourself short. How do you think you do overall <laughs> in your, in your commercial debut?
7: Yeah. I mean, I have fun. Um, HEB always does a great job every year with the commercials that they put out. And I had a lot of fun shooting it with the shine and I'm enjoying just making, just going out and being, having fun with those guys.
6: Well, we always have fun catching up with you, Justin. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Justin Reed on the D-Plant 101. Thanks so much, Justin.
0: Cool, no problem. Speaking of cool, that man is very cool. That is Justin Reed starting safety in his third year, hoping to get that defense on track against Baker, Mayfield, and the Cleveland Browns. Now, it's a Browns' skill set without OBJ. I don't know how that's going to impact them too much. I, I saw them score 37 points against... The Cincinnati Bengals without OBJ, because guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones, Harrison Bryant, David Njoku, those guys all stepped up and made plays. So from that perspective, not saying you don't need OBJ, it'd be nice to have him, but they've got other weapons that they can rely on, not to mention a ground game that is just ready to bury you. Man, an offensive line from 2018 to 2020, if there's anything about the Browns that has just gone through the roof, 2018 and offensive line was not good. 2020, ooh, baby. They will knock your block off. And look, they're running a lot of that zone game that was popular with, with Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, kind of in that tree. Kevin Stefanski learned a lot from Gary Kubiak, and he's employed that. They don't do that solely. That's not the only thing they do. It's not inside-outside split. They're doing a lot of different things. They'll run a few gap plays and uh, tackle wraps and things like that. But the one other thing they'll do is run a lot of trick plays. We're going to get into that in just a little bit with our first community credit union, first glance keys to the game. And those are coming up next right here on Texans All Access.
3: Texans All Access continues in a moment.
0: Hey,
1: Keith here from Papa John's. And guess what? For a limited time, it's back. It's our new double
2: cheeseburger pizza. A large for just 12 bucks, And now... Add the double cheeseburger papadilla for only six bucks. comes with zesty burger sauce,
1: hamburger beef, tomatoes, pickles, and lots and lots of cheese. It's our new double cheeseburger pizza and the new double cheeseburger papadilla. Get yours today.
2: Papa John's Houston.
8: Two is better than one. How many times have you heard that one? More than once I bet because it just adds up for example there are two not one great reasons to fill up with Chevron with Tecron number one unbeatable cleaning power and number two or maybe this should be number one unbeatable mileage plus Chevron puts Tecron in every grade every gallon of their gasoline so that's two no wait three unbeatable reasons to go with the one and only Chevron with Tecron care for your car What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Light in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, we are Texans. You call it Miller Time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time.
0: Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome to Texas All Access. We are brought to you in part by Apache Corporation. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation help power cleaner electricity, enable access to food, education, and health care, and connect us to those we love. We are committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at apachecorp.com. That's apachecorp.com. Now here's the show.
3: What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points, Saturday nights at 1030 or after the late local news on ABC 13.
0: Oh yeah, here we go on a Friday edition of Texans All Access I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter, and it's time for this week's first community credit union, first glance, keys to the game, FCCU, the official credit union of the Houston Texans. All right, each and every week, I dive right in. This is the segment where it is, we're going to talk football and heavy football, not that we don't in any other segments, but this one is all about ball, no fluff. No pop culture references. Oh, maybe there might be a few. This is what we do in this segment. We give the keys to the game on both sides of the ball. Now, Cleveland Browns. 5-3 and three on the year. Playing pretty good football. I don't know is it great football. They've beaten the teams they should have beaten. Probably the one that's maybe a little bit of a surprise. But not really when you saw the game went was the Colts. But Phillip Rivers just turned the ball over. The offense really couldn't get anything going. Uh, For the Colts in that one, uh, and it probably was the Browns' I would think best overall win. But other than that, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They've lost to the teams, like the Steelers, 38-7 at Pittsburgh. So if you're kind of playing transitive properly, like, hey, wait a second. The Texans lost 28-21. They lost 38-7. Okay, well, maybe that's why Cleveland's only a three-point favorite, which is essentially the three you get for playing at home. So That being said, let's dive in to these offensive keys for, I'm sorry, the defense's keys to stopping the Browns' offense. Now, just like two years ago, this offense revolves around the running game. Well, two years ago, that's not true. They actually were trying to revolve this thing around Baker Mayfield. He was a rookie. Everybody really excited about what he could do. And now they've tried to find more balance in the offense and probably leaning a little bit more. Towards pounding the rock. But like I said, when they got down in that game against Cincinnati to bring them back and take the lead, then take the lead again and take the lead a third time, it was Baker Mayfield shooting that pill all over the field. This team averages 150 yards per game on the ground. That's fifth in the NFL. Now, they did a lot of that the first four games of the year, or the first few games of the year, when they had Nick Chubb healthy. They haven't quite gotten to those numbers the last in the last few weeks. But 150 yards per game is 50 in the NFL. They get Chubb back, and that's going to be a valid number because they were running for that when they had Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the lineup. they thrown for 196.8 yards per game. That's 29th in the league. That's Brock Osweiler in the And Because when in 2016, you looked up and you're like, okay, the offense is over 125 yards rushing. Brock would have thrown for you know 140 yards or something like that. I think we threw for under 200 yards that year, I believe. 196.8, that's 29th in the league. Total offense, 346.8 yards per game. That's 24th in the league. They've lost 10 turnovers in eight games. That tells me, if I do math, that tells me that there's at least one turnover available to someone on the Texans' defense. So, here we go. Let's dive into this Browns offense. What do the Texans have to do? Number one. These are in no certain order. I just As they come to me, I just I put them down. Number one, disrupt Baker in the well. When you see Baker Mayfield, you're like, man, uh, a little shorter than I expected. I think it says 6'2", but I think he's really about 6'1", maybe even six, 6 feet. I had a chance to meet him at the Big 12 Media Days uh, back when he was in Oklahoma 2016, I think. So about four, four or five years ago, I think. And I just remember standing next to him thinking, boy, he, I'm looking him right in the eye. That means he's about six feet. Well, when the Texans have played quarterbacks six, one or under, Gardner Minshew mainly. They've been able to hold them in check because they essentially envelop that quarterback in the well. They did a great job of that against Gardner Minshew. Actually, both times they played against him. Actually, the three times they played against him. But mainly the time in London and then the first game of 2020, the Texans also won. They're going to have to do that with Baker. Now, Kevin Stefanski in this offense, does uh, they do a great job of moving Baker. Bootlegs, play actions, where they move the pocket. They, they do a number of different things to get him out where he has sight lines. But if they're going to straight drop, they've got to make sure that Rush envelops him in the pocket to take away his sight lines. Make him throw over the top of that line. That's going to be tough. That's the hardest part of being a shorter Quarterback is throwing over the top all that chaos in front of you. And if the well is enveloping him and he's going to throw over all that, that's going to be a good thing, I think, for the Texans. All right, number two. This key is called you go this way, I'll go that way. And this is what I mean by that. Because the Browns are so good running the zone game. And if you remember the Texans, when the Texans ran the zone game, um, when Arian Foster was here, Arian was an absolute master at starting a zone run to the left and then cutting it back behind where the center, Chris Myers, had been. So when you get the defensive line running and the linebackers running, and then you just keep them running, and then let the running back cut off all that. Well, the Browns are very good at that. Both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb do a really nice job with that. Those cut-up runs, as I call them. They're not cut back. They're more cut-up runs um, where you kind of stay. You don't stay in your same path, but you just adjust your path and then take it up where the center had been. To take away those runs, this is what I mean by you go this way, I'll go that way. The second level defenders can do what's called a fault; they can fall back. And basically, what that means is the front, when it's when it feels that zone blocking line moving in a direction, those front guys all move with it and fast, and they try and stay as uh, they try to stay on their gap integrity as much as they can. And the linebackers kind of fit into those cut up lanes. So it's like everybody's gap integrity kind of slides over and then the linebackers kind of fall back into place for those other, you know, kind of the backside gaps. If the linebackers get fast flowing the other way with the defensive line, well, then it's easy to cut back on those guys or cut up on those guys and they got big runs. Linebackers have got to fit themselves back behind the play and let that cut up run turn right back into them. So line goes this way, linebackers go the other way. Use that little fallback. Uh, scheme and you'll be fine. Number three, the bag of tricks. The Browns in the games that I watched, you name it, they've run it. I've seen them run, I don't know if you call jet sweep, a a trick play, but I've seen jet sweep with a reverse pass. I've seen double, uh, not double pass, but reverse pass. Throw it up to Jarvis Landry, he throws it back to somebody. Seen reverses. You name the trick play, they've run it. And it's really a part of their offense. So it's not, I guess, a trick, but you've got to mind your P's and Q's. You can't leave a guy wide open because, oh, it's a reverse, it's a reverse, especially with a guy like Jarvis Landry. They ran reverse pass against the Cincinnati Bengals, and Jarvis Landry back-shouldered a ball on the sidelines. I think it was Donovan Peoples-Jones. And it was one of the better throws of the day. And Burrow and Mayfield were slinging all day. And I mean, they were fantastic. And Jarvis Landry just dropped it right in a bucket to Donovan Peoples-Jones. So, Jarvis Landry's always a candidate to throw the football, and he's left-handed. So anytime he has a motion to the left, uh, your, your, your uh, antennae need to go up to think, hmm, could that be a reverse pass? Could it be a double pass? Those are the things you got to keep an eye on. Kevin Stefanski likes to pull out a few of the trick plays, the bag of tricks. Oh, they also ran, remember the, the Texans, uh, as Mark called it, loop-de-loop, flip-de-flop play, against the New England Patriots where they handed it to Duke, who handed it to Hop, who pitched it to Deshaun. They've got that play as well in the Arsenal. So they got a lot of stuff that they like to pull out the bag of tricks. So read keys and stay on them. Number four, this is titled Jarvis is one thing the tight ends are the other. I will never, never in any way, shape or form denigrate Jarvis Landry ever. I think he is a fantastic wide receiver and, that, and this is not meant to denigrate him. I think he is a he is someone that Texans have to be aware of. But he's not a burner. He runs great routes. Um, and you just got to come and make the tackles. Unlike in 2015, when we did make the tackles, playing him when he was with Miami, he took those things to the house. Yeah. So yes, Jarvis is a problem. However, the tight ends might be an even bigger problem. Austin Hooper, David Njoku, and Harrison Bryant, who's a draft pick in 2020, all of those guys are kind of like wide receivers. And when they use 12 personnel, invariably you try and match up the personnel, that's going to put Njoku, Hooper, or Bryant out on a linebacker or out on a nickel some matchup you don't want. That's going to be a problem. So you've got to know how you're accounting for all the tight ends when they're on the field and in what situations. Sometimes with 12 personnel, you might want to be in nickel. You may not want to be in base. You may not want those tight ends. Matched up on an outside linebacker or something of that magnitude, or even an inside linebacker. The tight ends you got to treat like receivers. And number five, no busts in the secondary. Pure and simple. No busts. Know wherever, know how you're swapping routes in zone. Know who's doing what. Know how you're matching up out of the bunch. No bust in the secondary. Cannot give up any cheap plays. Keep it in front. All right, let's flip over to the Browns defense facing this Texans offense. They give up only 106.8 yards per game on the ground. However, last week, or two weeks ago against the Raiders, excuse me, they gave up 209 rushing yards. Josh Jacobs hit them where, where they weren't and really out-schemed them to some good plays I've seen from that game where Josh Jacobs really had nobody there. 12-yard gain, So he was able to pile up a number of yards against the Browns. So that 1 106.8 it's okay, but there have been teams that have just gotten in track meets with them like the Bengals did and just said, well, we're going to just throw it every down. we don't need to run it. And they didn't. So take that for what it's worth. That's 11th in the league. Passing yards, they give up 264.6. Circle that as a key in a second. That's 24th in the league. They give up 371.4. That's 20th in the league. But they have generated 14 turnovers and the Browns overall are plus four in turnover margin. The star is Myles Garrett. We know that he's done a big deal in the offseason. Then you got... Denzel Ward at corner, who I think is very, very good. I mean, he the first drive against the Bengals, he broke up a pass deep downfield. He had a tackle for a loss on a screen out near him. And then he got he forced the interception in the end zone where he was covering a tight end who was actually blocking. So he was just kind of floating in the area. Joe Burrow went to throw it. Denzel Ward sky tipped it, picked off in the end zone. That was all in the first drive. Denzel Ward's a fantastic player. Now, it's not that way across the board. So number one key against the Browns defense, not scared of depth. Now, here's what I mean by that. Not the players, the personnel, like first team, second team, third team, blitzers coming from depth. I don't know how many times I saw Kevin Johnson as the nickel coming from one side from depth where it looked like he's going to be in coverage and then he blitzed and then a backside, a defender, edge defender on the other side would drop. They ran that blitz I don't know how many times against the Cincinnati Bengals. A ton. You've got to know how you're going to pick that up, especially when you're an empty. When you're an empty, you got to figure it out. It'll only be four guys rushing. But if you get locked on, ooh, that edge defender, i got to lock on him. Well, then he drops. How are you going to account for it? I've seen the, the Arizona Cardinals do something pretty cool that if that happens, They peel back basically with an offensive lineman to the other side. Like, if they get a drop, they immediately look to the other side and then they pick up somebody over there. So, we'll see how that happens, but you cannot be scared of them coming from depth. You got to know how you're picking them up. Number two, Miles Garrett's a huge concern. There's no question. And in parentheses, quietly though, 54 is really good too. 54 is Olivier Vernon. And he had two sacks last week, last time against the Raiders. He didn't have any sacks before that. He's not what he once was, but if he goes one-on-one, he's going to get loose at some point. You've got to know how you're going to contain Garrett. That's a big key. But who's ever one-on-one with Olivier Vernon has got to buckle down because Vernon can go after them and make life very difficult for them. Number three, get the ball fast. There's something, A, we all want Deshaun to do, but B, this is something that quarterbacks that had success against the Raiders did, or against the Browns did. They got the ball out of their hands. Derek Carr and Joe Burrow, ball got out hot. It came out hot. Phillip Rivers held on to it a little bit longer. Interceptions. Not the whole game, but he just didn't play well. you got to take the profit. I don't care if it's nickel and dime. You add up enough nickels and dimes, you're a rich person. Get the ball out, get it to your weapons, and let's go. Because I don't think the Browns secondary can cover everybody. If you get it out to them, force them to have to tackle them. I don't think they can do it. Number four, there will be seams. Find them. Now, here's what I mean. Seams in the run game. The Browns like to get upfield. Their guys love to get upfield up front. That creates seams in the run game. And you can see it against the Texans defense. Every so often, you'll see one of the Texans fly upfield, trying to split a gap, and it leaves this huge seam, and then invariably a running back finds it. That's what I'm asking Duke Johnson and the running backs to do this week. When the Browns give that seam, because somebody's gone upfield and run out of the play, exploit it. Find the seam. They will be there. There will be seams. I've seen Vernon and Garrett run upfield, and the interior knock the defensive interior off the ball, and the backs are just them sh- 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 through 12, 15-yard gain. That's what the Texans need to be able to do against this Cleveland defense. Furthermore, and number five, the middle can be moved. I don't think the Browns' interior is filled with a bunch of Vince Wilforks and DJ Readers. They don't have those kind of guys in the middle. You can move them off the ball. There are a number of times I saw in a Bengals game with the Bengals interior, which is not great. Guard center guard. We're knocking the interior of the Browns two, two and a half yards off the ball, and a running back could get up in that and then make a cut. That's what our backs have to be able to do. There will be seams. Find them. And keep in mind, the middle can be moved. Got to run the ball. And I think they can do it against this Browns crew. But we will see. All right, we get back. It's a little Texans audio jukebox for you right here on Texans All Access.
3: This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610.
6: With Houston Methodist Virtual Urgent Care, you can skip the drive and the waiting room and connect to our board certified providers from your computer, tablet, or mobile phone. Virtual urgent care visits are available 24 7, no appointment needed even on weekends and holidays. Now you can get the same trusted care you expect from Houston Methodist, wherever you are, whenever you need us.
8: To learn more, visit HoustonMethodist.org. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Bold statement. Saving money with Geico is almost better than watching football. Think about it. When you're watching the game, yelling at the quarterback to throw the ball, throw it, Williams is wide open, why are you doing this to me? Use that rocket arm, come on. They don't listen to you. But if you went into a GEICO office and yelled, someone please help me save some money on car insurance, everyone would hop to it. Except the intern, because it's his first day and he doesn't even have a computer yet. See? Better. Switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports.
1: Here's the snap. Looking. Flips the ball. Diving for the pylon. And he's got it. Razzle dazzle. Touchdown, Houston. And the Texans go in front.
2: Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy, and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. The
1: ball is out. The Texans say they have it, and they do.
3: Now, it's Texans All Access.
0: we got one hour down and one hour left to go on this Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans radio studio. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and southern reporter. And so glad that you are with me. We've hit a number of different things in the first hour. Hopefully you enjoyed my first Community Credit Union first glance. Keys to the game. Give you a little insight into the matchups that are taking place. And I think I just I'm leaning shootout. And hopefully the Texans will win a shootout. The Browns won theirs 37-34 over the Bengals a couple weeks ago. The Texans in the shootout with the Titans. They were unable to hang on to that one. Took a 36 29 lead, but unfortunately, two touchdowns, two unanswered touchdowns, gave the Titans a win. Hopefully, the Texans can win this shootout. Hopefully, it doesn't turn into that. Hopefully, the Texans defense rises up and stops the Browns, and Texans score 75 points, and we win 75 6. But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, that's a little off base. But either way, we've done, we have taken a deep dive into the game. We've also heard from Justin Reed. Now it's time to hear from a lot more people who went to the podium this week. So it's time for Texans Audio Jukebox. All right, let's go and hear from the man himself, number four, Deshaun Watson. He talked about his one of his good friends who's protecting him, Laramie Tunsil. He's got a tough task, as does Titus Howard, because Miles Garrett will line up in a number of different spots on the defensive line, and Deshaun talked about LT taking on Miles Garrett.
2: Man, it's great. Um, I, I feel like the best left tackle in the game, so I'm glad that he's on my team. I'm glad that, um, you know, he's healthy and he's been able to, you know, do what he do and, and take the charge on the offensive linemen. So uh, I'm comfortable, you know, when he's back there or when he's on my left side and he's fully healthy and, and can, you know, go out there each and every snap.
0: That battle itself, Larry Townsend v. Miles Garrett will be worth the price of admission. And luckily for you, uh, you get to see it free uh, at home um, this weekend. So you got that going for you. All right, let's hear a little bit more from Deshaun, who was asked about a guy who has been his go-to guy, I guess. It seems like that. It seems like when a big play needs to be made, Shaw Watson looks up his man, Will Fuller. Sean was asked about the value of having Will Fuller on this team and on his starting offense.
2: Uh, he's always been valuable. He's a guy that's very explosive, can make a lot of big-time plays, can run routes, can block, can do everything. So, uh, you know, as long as he's healthy and on that field, he gives himself, but, all, you know, the whole team a, a great chance to win the ballgame and make big plays.
0: Now, one of Watson's favorite receivers – Last year in 2019, he's still a guy that he's got a good, strong connection with is Kenny Stills. Sean was asked, how do you get Kenny Stills more involved in the offense?
2: Uh, I mean, just continue to do what we do. You try to put him in positions that, you know, is going to get him the ball. Uh, You know, my job is to find the open guy. So Kenny Stills, he knows his role. He knows exactly what he needs to do uh, for that. And, you know, we got to, you know, get him, you know, on the field a little bit more so he can have opportunities to get the ball. So. Uh, that's the deal, and, and it depends on you know every every game is different. It depends on you know what the defense is trying to do, what they're trying to take away, who they're trying to take away. So uh, we definitely you know need to, need to make sure that he's getting some targets, and you know because he's a great talent, he's a great receiver, and he's um you know he's helped us a lot in the past two years.
0: I thought Tim Kelly brought up a great point where we had him on the coach's show on Monday night. Don't want to miss that five to six where we catch up with Anthony Weaver or Tim Kelly or Romeo Cornell. We've had a chance to interview all of them over the last four or five weeks, and it's been really fun. We are we talking with Tim Kelly, and we were kind of talking about Kenny Stills in some sense, and he brought up the fact that you know Kenny was open on a route, but just ran out of time and Deshaun had to move out of the pocket. In fact, it was the third down play where Deshaun ran to the sideline against the Jaguars and then got bumped out of bounds and got a 15-yard penalty. Kenny was open on that play. He was moving it around a post route from across the field. Deshaun just had to get out of dodge because he was getting some pressure. Uh, with the blitz. So they, it's it's not as if they're going out of their way to, oh, we're not throwing it to Kenny. They just, on that play, just didn't have, didn't have didn't have time. But Kenny, as Deshaun has said, he's made a bunch of plays for this organization the last couple of years. No question about that. All right, let's hear from Anthony Weaver, defensive coordinator for your Houston Texans. And he's got a challenge on his hands. How do you stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt?
9: What's interesting about... The two of them is obviously Nick Chubb's been, been hurt recently. So in our breakdown, he doesn't really show up. So you watch Kareem Hunt and you see how good he is. And as you're watching, you're like, God, how good is the Nick Chubb kid? <laughs> and um, they're both just very physical, downhill backs. They have good vision, speed. They run hungry. You know, that's that's what you like about them. They run hungry. They're always falling forward. So it's going to be a challenge for our defense, but a, a challenge, obviously, that that we'll accept. Um, you know, two of our last three games, we've or three of our last four, really, we've played pretty decent run defense and hopefully we continue that going into this game
0: two hard running backs are going to make life tough on the texans however the one thing that i've definitely noticed defensively the last couple of weeks in particular against the packers too when they play with the right gap integrity and guys are coming to tackle and not just hit they do a pretty solid job against the run there's one other thing that stands out where they struggle against a run, and that is there are times, and this kind of folds into both of these actually, but there are times when guys are running upfield thinking it's a pass or thinking it's a bootleg, and they leave kind of a seam in the defense, and the back invariably finds that. But when they're playing with good gap integrity, and they're tackling, not just throwing shoulders into guys, that this defense is, is able to slow down some running backs. The, the chunk runs that James Robinson had the other day, I promise you, I can look at that and go, this guy jumped out of his gap for some reason. This guy didn't get to the right gap. And look, that's that Jackson offensive line is, is decent. This Browns offensive line is, ex- is exceptionally good. So they're going to have their challenges on Sunday, there's no doubt. And tackling those two backs, that's the big key. It's not about hitting them. It's about hitting and wrapping up and stopping them now last Sunday Russ Blacklock John Grenard had to play a number of different plays and John Reed got in blitz quarterback a few times when he was in there on defense these rookies are really getting baptism by fire and Anthony Weaver talked about the good start those rookies seem to be off to
9: well Ross like like I've talked about continually every week he just continues to develop and you see them gain more confidence each and every game uh, he had a nice tackle. Was almost a TFL. Didn't quite get him in the backfield, but had a nice tackle where he went down the line and split a double team, um, put some pressure on the quarterback one time, and got him to flush him out of the pocket. So he, you see, he's starting to gain confidence. Like John Grenard, he still makes some mistakes. All right, that you got to live through um, as it continues to grow and improve, and and that'll happen. And that'll happen. John Reed, just like all these three rookies that that I've talked about, you know, Blacklock, Grenard, and him. He is another ball guy, so we're trying to find ways to get him on the field. There are some veterans who are playing good ball, so that's not not always the easiest task, but he has a trait, and one of those traits is his ability to blitz, all right? So we're trying to use him in in situations where we can put him out there and get him after the quarterback, and obviously because he can also cover, now it puts the offense in conflict about what he's going to do.
0: Just watching them on Sunday and what they're doing and going back and watching the film of those guys, Gennard, Blacklock, and Reed, I think, are going to be pieces in this defense going forward. Now, are they going to be pro bowlers? They're going to be all pros? I don't know, I and I wouldn't lean that way, but can they be solid defenders for you that give you a great effort, production, disruption? Yeah, I think those guys can do it, and they're starting to show it, um, especially up front with Ross. Man, Ross played, had a, no, a number of nice plays, and what I like about Ross, I saw today at practice, he is in the ear of J.J. Watt. They're working together. They were working together uh, on Wednesday, you know, working on pass rush moves together, working their hands. I just love seeing that because Ross is just soaking it up, getting all that knowledge that he eventually one day will share with somebody else. But I said during training camp, I thought by the end of the year, that Ross Blacklock would be the best interior player that the Texans have. And he's starting to show that. And John Grenard was on the field for a lot against the Jags. I thought he did a pretty solid job while he was out there. So you get another edge guy with some twitch. I want to see John really get after the pass of this week. Really start to show some of that toolbox that he's got of uh, pass rush moves. He got one time to the quarterback with a long arm that he went against Cam Robinson and got Cam Robinson pushed back near Luton and he moved out of the pocket, but need more of that. More disruption coming from those rookies. And lastly from Anthony Weaver, facing Baker Mayfield, a guy that can do a little bit of everything, can make all the throws, very not volatile like you know, he's always screaming, and yelling at everybody. I mean, volatile in that. He can explode at any point, just lighting you up. Coach Weaver talked about the fact that they cannot let Mayfield get in a groove.
9: He plays with a tremendous amount of moxie and confidence. And you could tell that the offense feeds off that. So whenever he gets it going and he's bouncing around, having fun, talking trash, that that helps them. So we got to do everything we can to try to, you know, push the pocket, collapse the pocket on him, uh, knock some balls down and, and get them frustrated because, you know, when he gets that swagger going, uh, it, it could take him a long way.
0: All right. Let's flip this jukebox over to Tim Kelly. He talked about Duke Johnson. The fact that Duke was fairly impressive when he went in last week.
10: Duke's a warrior. He he goes out there and he plays hard. He's physical. I mean, I think he he only came out for two plays. Uh, after, you know, David went down uh, this past week. So he, he's out there and he's battling. I mean, that that really hasn't changed since he's been here. Um, he's always been out there doing whatever we've asked him to do. And now he's, he's you know, uh, getting an opportunity for us to feature him. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what he can do on Sunday.
0: Now, as I've talked about all week long, talked about earlier in the show, the weather could be oh, very Cleveland-like, if you will. Rainy, definitely before the game. We'll see if it rains during the game. But rain's going to be a factor. Weather's going to be a factor. It could be a little bit colder. Coach Kelly talked about having to deal with the weather as well in Cleveland.
10: Well, I'm going to be there as, as soon as, as, you know, on the early bus. We have two different buses. I'll take the early bus to get out there and, and uh, you know, walk the field and see what's going on with the wind and, and the conditions. And, uh, you know, really, really rely on Danny Barrett, uh, who, who obviously with his history in Canada um, has dealt with the elements a lot. And, and John Perry, you know, with his, his history up in the Northeast um, has dealt with the elements a lot. And. Um, you know, just kind of kind of make sure that we have a plan for, for just like you said, if it comes out and the winds are swirling like it looks like it was uh, when they were playing Vegas, um, you know, that could make it difficult to throw the ball going in a certain direction, uh, taking all those things into account and, and making sure, again, that uh, every play that we're sending in there to Deshaun, that, that we're going to have an ability to go out there and execute and be successful.
0: All right, let's flip this audio jukebox dial over to Duke Johnson. With David Johnson out, as I announced earlier in the show, Duke Johnson steps in again, and he's going back to face his old Cleveland squad. And Duke said, you know what? I just want to get touches, man. I think I can impact the game that way.
7: It really doesn't matter to me how I get it, where I get it. Uh, I just think the the more opportunities I get, the, you know, the more you get a rhythm in the fo- in football game, and, you know, you have more and better opportunities to make more plays the more touches you get. So the way you give it to me, it really doesn't matter to me, to be honest. Uh, I just want to be able to go out there and make plays.
0: I'm telling you, when he has the ball in his hands, he's pretty electric. And I know you look at last week's stats, of 41 yards, that's it. But man, I'm telling you, there were about 15 or 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage a lot of times he made guys miss. He turned a minus four-yard run into a yard or two. Man, you don't think that matters much, but man, you're not going to see that, that four that he made up in his stat sheet. So I think Duke did a pretty good job with that and hopefully he gets in a rhythm with this offensive line. And hopefully... Uh, this offense can really get going with that running game. Now, Duke definitely liked having an increased role last week. I got a little wind in the fourth quarter. You could tell from where I was. But he did like having that increased role for sure.
7: Just knowing that, you know, your last carry may not be your last. Uh, you know, you go in there, you just try to take what the defense gives you and just hope, you know, that throughout the game you can keep whirling on them and keep welling on them, and eventually one is going to bust. Uh, you just kind of kind of have, have the mindset when you know you're going to get multiple carries or multiple opportunities. You know, just take what they give you. Try not to do too much and let everything fall with it, All
0: right, let's hear from Brandon Cooks, who also went to the mic this week, and Brandon was asked about playing with Deshaun Watson. It's the first time, and those two have had a nice connection. Man, I'm telling you, there was a ball thrown by Deshaun in the first quarter. I think it was the second drive of the game. And I watched that throw happen live, and I was shocked that it got to Brandon Cooks. But I think Deshaun threw it because it was Brandon Cooks, and he knew Cooks was going to extend and get away from the defenders and separate from the defenders, and he did. And I'm telling you, that ball had to be in about a six-inch space, and Deshaun put it right there. And Brandon talked about what that's like playing with number four
11: you talk about a guy that has been consistent and special weekend week out and with everything that's been going on. Um, it's, it's unfortunate because our record uh, doesn't show it, but, uh, that's a guy that's coming to play every Sunday. And, you know, my expectation is,
12: is, uh, has
11: been just, just exactly what I thought it would be. And that's being playing with a special quarterback.
0: No doubt. And the connection they have is definitely special. Speaking of special, A guy walked in the building this week that I think is special on so many different levels. Now, as a singular standalone quarterback, no, you wouldn't think that Josh McCown has a career that sets everything on fire, but he's gone from team to team. He's been with a number of them, but now he's come back home to the state of Texas, and I know he's got to be happy to be here with the Texans. Announced this week that Josh McCown with the Texans and Josh went to the mic today and said, he's happy to be in Texas again.
13: That's surreal for me. I, I didn't, you know, I was processing that this morning coming in and just, uh, for me, I think really special. And I, I'll say this just because uh, when I was coming out in 0-2, you know, and the franchise was 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 just starting up and, and drafted David. And, you know, there was a part of me that was just like, and it was kind of a foregone conclusion that David was going to get drafted. But there was a part of me that was, you know, played down the road at Sam Houston. I was just like hoping, you know, maybe something worked out where I ended up here. So, so a little bit surreal in that regard. Um, just, uh, you know, had some, you know, close opportunities, you know, down the, you know, throughout the the journey with the Cowboys every now and then, but, but, you know, just never, never quite fit. And, uh, and so to be home and to get it, to get it, to be able to do this at home is special. And so I'm very thankful for that.
0: I love hearing that twang. Well, like my man, Clint Sterner, he's got that Texas twang as well. And, I started thinking about this a lot. Like, I say, I like Josh McCall being here, but how really did he get here? One man played a pretty strong role, executive vice president of football operations, Jack Easterby. We did have conversations
13: and it was, you know, it was just more of what this team has to offer and, and why it was a good fit, you know, and, and, uh, you know, just wanting to add experience to the quarterback room to add you know, uh, you know, somebody else that could, that could, you know, play if needed, if they got down the stretch and, and, uh, and for me, looking for a fit that was that was close to the home, you know, and uh, um, I don't know necessarily that I would have made this move, you know, with anybody else other than, you know, somebody that was a couple hours from from the house. So so that was the biggest thing. And, you know, the conversations with Jack were just, you know, trying to get to understand just, you know, where this team was at, where where it was headed and and uh, and then, you know, learning a little bit about Deshaun.
0: I absolutely unequivocally, 1,000% love the fact that Josh McCown is here. I gave you all a homework assignment. I'm going to give it to you again. Go watch the All or Nothing show on Amazon for the Philadelphia Eagles, the 2019 season. And go watch, I think it's episode five or six, but find the segment on Josh. You will love it. You will absolutely fall in love with him. And then watch the last episode. Because if you remember the playoff game, Carson Wentz goes out because of a hit by our pouch, Devion Clowney and Josh McCown for the first time in his NFL career goes into a playoff game. And then later he tears his hamstring but continues to play because the Eagles don't have any other option at quarterback. He continues to play. And it is just, I, man, I watched that the first time and when it was all over, I was just, I was in tears. I felt tears come down my eyes. I am like, oh my God, I, this, this guy is what football is supposed to be about. And now he's a Texan. And I hope he stays a Texan for the rest of his career in some way, shape, or form. I don't know exactly what that role is. I know it's not going to be quarterback forever. But, man, if he can stay with this Texans organization, I would absolutely love it. Just absolutely love it. Me and Landry Locker and I have talked about this many, many times. Man, he is just, he's perfect. He's absolutely perfect. And as he walks in the building, he gets an opportunity to have some time. With number four, and he said he's impressed by what he sees from Deshaun Watson. From
13: what I've seen, you know, in the in the past few years from him, and uh, on the on the crossover tape, and then watching him this year and kind of start to bust through the games and get caught up, is I continue to see him processing faster and faster, playing fast and playing from the pocket and getting the ball out of his hand. And then he's got a unique ability to make plays and uh, outside the pocket and in uh, his discernment and how he does that is, I think, gets better every snap he takes. And that's an encouraging thing um, for the Texans. And to me, it's just, like I, t- like I told him, I mean, it's just I, whatever I can do to help, you know, but he's playing at a very high level.
0: I thought about this as I was listening to that clip right there from Josh McCown. A few years ago, he was with Sam Darnold, I think when we went up there in 2018. And that was probably the best that Sam Darnold played was when Josh McCown was up there. Last year, he was with Carson Wentz. Carson had a pretty good year in 2019. He's fallen off in 2020. Sam Darnold has fallen off the last couple of years. Not saying that Josh McCown is absolutely the answer, and Deshaun Watson has played great before he got here, and hopefully he plays great after. But when you see that sort of track record of a guy in Josh McCown that helps out younger quarterbacks, gets them playing a little bit better, helps them see different things, it's kind of interesting. and I, I just... I I love it. I absolutely love Josh McCown being here. I think it's really cool. Another guy I love being here is Whitney Merciless. Now, Whitney, unfortunately, had to spend last week watching the game from his couch. That had to be a weird experience, and he said it was.
8: Uh, it was different. You know, just taking a seat back, you know, being a uh, you know coach from the couch, essentially, and just seeing, having a bird's-eye view and all that. So being able to see, uh, you know, whether it be a bad play, good play from the outside perspective versus being on the field and... Uh, you know, so a play might break loose or X play happens and it's just like, okay, what happened? But you get to see it actually from a third person point of view.
0: I think about that a lot. Like if I were to get sick or injured or hurt or whatever the case might be and I couldn't do uh, do what I do, which is to be the silent reporter for the game on radio broadcast, first of all, i pull my hair out. But I've always thought about that, like what it would be to sit there and watch the game or have somebody else do the job that I do. I, It would drive me crazy. So – I can understand, uh, you know, what Whitney was thinking about. But he had a pretty good good perspective on it, uh, I thought, when he talked to the media about that. Now, he also talked about having Josh McCown in the building. And (laughs) this is is a pretty good soundbite from Witt about Josh McCown being here at the age of 41.
8: Uh, Yeah, been around for a long time, you know. Um, You know, prehistoric, essentially, if you call it that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome to have him in the building also to bring his wealth of knowledge as well, too, uh, to the linebacker, I mean the uh, quarterback uh, room and all that. So uh, it'd be interesting. They didn't get a chance to, you know, talk to him or anything like that, but seeing him across, uh, around the league from his uh, various stops and stuff like that and how he's contributed as well, too. So happy to have him.
0: Yeah, no doubt happy for Josh McCown to be here. And I think over the next how many ever weeks people are going to feel the same way. But prehistoric, boy. Man, that's tough for the 40-somethings, which I am a little bit older 40-something than Josh McCown, but very, very cool to see Josh McCown in the building. And great Texans audio jukebox. All right, we get back. I've got to make all of my predictions straight up and against the spread. Dude, every single week, I'm a 1,000%. I've not missed one all year long. Trust me, I am right. Not really, I'm just joking. But we'll be back with my predictions next on Texans Access. Texans
3: TV takes over Saturday nights. Catch extra points, followed by Texans 360, Saturday night at 1030 or after the late local news.
10: The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane. VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texan Scratch Ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP, all rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit TXLottery.org or call
8: 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. Hey, Houston, Keith here from Papa John's. Have you heard about our picks for
1: six? (laughs) Ha ha! It's a special just for you. It lets you mix and match all kinds of different
0: things, all for just $6 each. You can choose between our papadillas, a medium one-topping pizza, cheese sticks, wings, poppers. How about some garlic knots? Even the garlic Parmesan breadsticks are included in all kinds of desserts. So try the Picks for Six from Papa John's today. Order online or give us a call. Better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's Houston. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Dykin. Hey, Texans fans, get a home field advantage this summer with Daikin Air Intelligence tips you can use to beat the heat in your home. Learn how to lower your energy costs, reclaim your outdoor space, and breathe easier by improving your indoor air quality. It's all part of Daikin's Air Intelligence, and you can learn all about it by visiting daikinloveshouston.com. As one of Houston's largest employers, Daikin is doing big things for your fellow Texans. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer today. Now back to the show.
3: What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points, Saturday nights at 1030 or after the late local news on ABC 13.
0: All right, before we get to my prediction, straight up and against the spread around the NFL... I'm going to call all Houston area teachers. I know you're out there, and I know that there are times you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with your kids. How do I get through to them, especially with math? Younger kids in math, man, if you don't get them early on, if you can't get them interested in what you're doing, forget it. They're not listening to anything. And as they go further on in math, because they have to, they struggle. So how do you make it fun? How do you make it informative? And how do you get your kids better at math? Well, sign up for Toro's Math Drills presented by ConocoPhillips. Toro's Math Drills is a video series designed to help 3rd and 4th graders learn how to tackle math in the classroom. Go to HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Math to learn more. Learn that math. Well, we're going to do a lot of math in this segment in some respect. Because we're going to make our picks straight up and against the spread. I, John Harris, football analyst, silent reporter and host of this Friday's edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai, Te- Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, do this every single week. I would like to know what my record is, but during football season, I have not an ounce of time to go back and listen to see how I did. So I'm just assuming that I'm in the 90 to 100% range. Because why wouldn't I be? I mean, I'm here. If I were in a 90 to 100% range, I'd just move to Vegas and pick games all weekend just make mad cheddar but that's not the case so I don't know what my record is I don't go back and listen I wish that I did just to see how I could do but that said this man I'm telling the NFL is hard to pick it's very very difficult to predict but let's do it anyways and it's a good way to talk about each and every one of these games taken on now the noon games on Sunday oh man wait a second hold up hold up get my music get my music There it is. Okay, we're good. Got my music. Now it's time for picks. Here we go. First game out of the shoot. (laughs) Texans, Browns. You know I never pick that game. I don't go against my heart and my head. But Cleveland's favored by three and a half. That's gone up a little bit. So there must be getting some uh, action going the other way to try and get things uh, going in the right direction. So I won't pick Texans, Browns. But Cleveland is a three and a half point favorite. That's gone up actually since this afternoon. The last like two or three hours. When I looked at this last, it was three. Now it's three and a half. So won't pick that one. You know how I feel. Texans have to win into cover, and hopefully that happens. All right. Next noon game takes place in the motor city in Detroit. Lions suffering last week. Oh, the Vikings ran all over them. Oh, it was ugly. Washington. I don't think anybody expected them to be great. Even at two and six. They still have been really competitive in games. They've been physical. They're good defensively. They just haven't had all the pieces come together offensively. They've struggled at quarterback. Join Haskins was in. He's out. Kyle Allen was in, and he got hurt. Alex Smith came in last week. Threw for a lot of yards, but he also threw a lot of interceptions. So I'm going to go Lions. Lions are favored here by 4.5. That feels about right where it should be. It should be a 3- or 4-point win. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to give the Lions the win, but I think the Washington football team's can going to get under that 4.5. So I'm going to take the points with Washington. Sh- uh, straight up, I'm picking Alliance to win. Jaguars are taking on the Packers. Oh boy. In Green Bay, Jake Luton gets a chance to face Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Sean Gary, but it doesn't appear that Jair Alexander is going to play for the Packers. That won't make a difference in the winner loss but could it make a difference in the point spread? 13 and a half points. No, Packers will win this by 17. Packers win, Packers cover, Packers move to 7 and 2. And the Jags move one step closer for Trevor Lawrence. Oh, boy. All right. NFC East battle. The leader in the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles, are 3-4-1. They go to New York, uh, New Jersey, to take on the New York Giants. The Giants are coming off a win last week against WFT. The Eagles step in here at 3-4-1. But Carson Wentz has not played well this year. He's got some numbers, but he hasn't played extensively well. Now, his offensive line in front of him has been a revolving door. I mean, there are guys in there. They had uh, Big Milata, Daniel, Daniel Milata, I can't remember his first name, but Milata, who played rugby. And he's never played football before. And they turned him into an offensive tackle. That, that's what's protecting Carson Wentz, by the way. Milata's not that bad. But that's what's been protecting Carson Wentz. I think that's going to be the difference in this one. I'm going to go with the Giants. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go with the Giants to win this one. They're dogged by four points at home. But I think Daniel Jones will have a little something. He needs to speed up his processing. He needs to be able to use all the receivers on the field. But I think the Giants are going to scheme some things up against the, the Eagles. And they're going to take this one in New Jersey over Philadelphia. So I'll take all four of those points. And I will take the Giants straight up. All right, let's move to AFC, excuse me, NFC North. Buccaneers, Panthers, Panthers went toe to toe with the Kansas City Chiefs, and they dropped haymakers on each other all day long. And it came down to like a seventy-something yard field goal or sixty-seven yard field goal, and Joey Sly pushed it to the right. But they lost to the Chiefs, uh, to the Chiefs, 34-33, something of that magnitude. Now they're taking on the Bucks, and the Bucks got walloped last week by the New Orleans Saints. I think Tampa Bay bounces back. but I think the Panthers are a really tough team to tangle with. Joe Brady has done a heck of a job with that offense as offensive coordinator. But I don't think it'll be enough to win. I do think it'll be enough to cover the 5.5. So let's take the Buccaneers to bounce back and win. But in a close battle, I'm taking the Panthers to cover that 5.5. I just really think this is going to be a close game. Panthers record really to me at 3-6 doesn't indicate the kind of team that they really are. Matt Rule has had those guys playing really well all year long. All right, let's go out to the AFC West. We're an old-school rivalry. The artist formerly known as the Oakland Raiders now in Las Vegas. It's a visit from the Denver Broncos. Man, these battles used to be awesome. I love AFC West battles. Broncos and Raiders. In Las Vegas, the Raiders are a four-point favorite. The Raiders are up. The Raiders are down. The Raiders are up. The Raiders are down. The Broncos, they've had too many injuries really to sustain anything. But the Broncos went to Atlanta last week. And Atlanta put a hurting on them. I think the Raiders will do it again. The balance and Derek Carr throwing with Josh Jacobs running the football. That's too much for the Broncos. Raiders win. Go to 6-3. and three. Now, we don't want the Raiders to win. The Raiders will win this. They'll move to 6-3. and three. They will cover the four as well. Let's go Broncos. Chargers-Dolphins. Oh, boy. 1981 AFC Divisional Playoff Round. What a game. One of the greatest games in NFL history. And it's back in Miami. However, they're not the San Diego Chargers anymore. And it's not the Orange Bowl they're playing anymore. And Dan Marino hasn't shown up to take on Dan Fouts. It's Tua versus Herbert. Two rookies drafted back-to-back in this draft. Going at it, Miami's at home only a -a one-and-a-half-point favorite. But I think Miami's going to win this football game. They've been playing really good football. They knocked off Arizona. They knocked off the Rams. They're the NFC West champions, basically. And the Dolphins are going to win this game. And at one-and-a-half, that's kind of a pick So I'm just going to lay the points one-and-a-half. The Dolphins will win, and they're going to cover over the Chargers, Chargers moving to two and seven on the year when they lose. Oh, I hate that for Dantlin's uh, Dan dad, Anthony Lin. Anthony Lin, I think, is really what coaching is all about. If you watch Hard Knocks, you know what I'm talking about. I really, really like Anthony Lin. I hope they, I hope they keep him in a normal environment sort of year, and guys can stay healthy with Herbert. I think the Chargers could be an up and comer in the future, but not on Sunday. All right, that was a 305 game. Also was Broncos Raiders 305. Let's get to another 305 game. Oh boy. And by 305, I mean 305 p.m. The Buffalo Bills going to take on K-1, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals right now 5-3. The Bills 7-2, but coming off a big win at home over the Seattle Seahawks. And it was the offense that carried them in that game. And that's what makes me think the Bills are going to win this thing. The Arizona is favored by two and a half. So, essentially, Vegas is saying the Bills are a little bit better than Cardinals on a neutral field. Even though it's not a neutral field, I think the Cardinals will struggle to slow down Josh Allen in this offense. And then when they do have some modicum of success, the Bills will go back to running the football. And they don't do that exceptionally well, but they do it well enough. And those backs with Moss and Singletary really get it going. I'm going to go with the Bills According to Vegas, and a mild upset to win. And obviously, I'm taking those two and a half points. The Cardinals fall to five and four, and the Bills move to eight and two. Seahawks taking on the Rams. NFC West battle. This is going to be a good one. Seahawks six and two. Rams five and three. Now, if the Bills beat the Cardinals, the Cardinals will stay in third place. They could be tied with the Rams if the Rams lose to the Seahawks. But they're playing at SoFi Stadium, and the Rams are a point and a half favorite. But Seattle went to Buffalo last week and that defense was just ripped to shreds. I don't know if that happens two weeks in a row. And the Seahawks saw what the Dolphins did to the Rams a bunch of zero blitz, and it really impacted Jared Goff. I think you're going to see a lot of that from the Seahawks. Now, when they rolled the dice against the Bills and did that, they got burned. But can they do it against Jared Goff and the Rams? I think they can. I think the Seahawks win. So I'm going to take, take those one-and-a-half points. I'm going to take the Seahawks to win straight up. Road, dog, wins, and Seattle bounces back. Rams fall to 5-4, tie with the Cardinals at 5-4 after this weekend. And the Seahawks move to 7-2 and, and separate by two games from those two teams. 49ers, also NFC West, taking on the Saints. 49ers at 4-5. It's a near miracle that they're 4-5 with all the injuries that the 49ers have had. Thank God for them, they got a chance to play the Giants and the Jets this year. But now they're playing the Saints. Saints are six and two, and New Orleans is favored by nine and a half. I hate to do it to the 49ers because I, I really like Kyle Shanahan and how he goes about his business, how he runs that offense. But I can't do it. The Saints got hot. The Saints beat them, you know what, out of the Buccaneers last week. I'm taking Saints to win and Saints to cover. I'm going 31-21. Saints win this thing. Ten, more than nine and a half. Saints win, and Saints cover the nine and a half. Also an afternoon game, Joey Burrow takes on the Steelers for the first time. Yes, the Bengals go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, 8-0, had to come from behind. Win that one late at Dallas last week, but they did it. Pittsburgh's favored by only seven and a half. I thought that would have been more. I don't like the hook. But I'm going to take Pittsburgh to win and to cover against the Bengals. I think the Steelers are going to show Joey B some looks he hasn't seen. I think the game will speed up for him. Now Joe's done a tremendous job all year long. He's going to put up some numbers, but I think some might be kind of uh, not garbage time, but maybe later in the second half he piles on some numbers because the Steelers just trying to stay ahead, not prevent, but just trying to stay ahead. Steelers win, they can move to nine and zero. Bengals fall, and the Steelers cover that seven and a half Sunday night. Ravens against the Patriots. Last year in Baltimore, the Ravens embarrassed the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. Does it reverse the other way? Did the Patriots embarrass No. The Ravens will win this thing. It's going to be pretty fun, though, because I think there's been a lot of noise about the Ravens this week. And knowing what plays are coming, defenses, no. Lamar Jackson talked about it. Uh, Zeus Brown talked about it. If anybody's going to know, the Patriots are going to know. Here's the dumb thing. If you know what the plays are, you don't tell everybody. You don't call it out. You got to come up with something where you look at somebody, give them the eye, and that's where you go. Patriots are going to get inside that seven. Baltimore wins. This is going to be like 1916, something like that. Ravens to win, Patriots to cover. And then Monday night, Vikings, Bears. Ugh. I can't believe we got to watch Vikings and Bears again. Let's go Bears at home. Minnesota, how about this? Minnesota's three and five. The Bears are five and four. Minnesota on the road is favored by three. Let's go with the Bears in an upset then. So give me those three. Give me the Bears to win. So there you go. There are your predictions straight up and against the spread. Coming up next, it's Drew Doherty with the final word. And this week, it's Terrell Adams. That's right here on Texans All Access.
8: This is Whitney Merciless, and you're listening to Texans Radio. Don't touch that dial
2: or else. Ain't no mercy. My name is Dean Grant of Resolute Oil. We were poised for significant growth in 2020. When the pandemic hit, it stopped us in our tracks, derailed us. We spoke with Amagi right away because we believed in Amagi and believed that they would come up with the best solution available. Without Amagi Bank, we would not be in business today.
12: They make you feel, they make you feel important. We're, we're an Amagi Bank customer for life. Amegy Bank, a division of Zions Bank Corporation, N.A., member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. Today tastes
7: like game day at home, like assigned couch seating. It tastes like coffee table dining and an ice cold Coke to cool down the heat. It tastes like the game you've waited for all week with friends you've known your whole life. Today tastes like watching football is supposed to And it never tasted this good.
3: Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points. Saturday nights at 1030 or after the late local news on ABC 13.
0: Welcome back to a Friday edition of Texans All Access. It's our final segment of the show. Hopefully you stick around for Drew's final word. And this week, it's with a guy that has done some tremendous things for this defense the last four weeks. I think it's four weeks. I'm trying to think of the first game that Terrell Adams had to step in and take over for Bernardrick McKinney, who was put on injury reserve, dealing with, I believe it was a shoulder that he had surgery on, and Terrell had to step in. He said some good things. Last week, 12 tackles against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Had an interception in his hands. Oh, I guarantee you, guarantee you, this is how this thing, it works. The mind. Charles Adams will be thinking about that dropped interception for the rest of his life. He'll be sitting down with his grandkids and he's like, did I ever tell you about that time that I had an interception in my hands? And it could have been a pick six. In fact, it probably should have been a pick six, but he plays a big role. And this week, because of facing Kareem Hunt and also facing uh, Nick Chubb, we'll find out more this weekend, but my guess is he's going to play, so let's assume he's going to play. Facing Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, man, Terrell Adams has got to mind his P's and Q's, he's got to have good eye discipline, he's got to read his keys, and then he's got to tackle like a monster. Well, he had 12 last week, he's at double digits, I think every game he's probably, I think he's played. Terrell Adams has been fantastic, and he is with Drew Doherty for our final
12: word. We've got linebacker Tyrell Adams joining us now. Tyrell, it's great to be with you. Great to talk with you. Texans coming off a win over Jacksonville. Two-part question. A, is there such thing as momentum in the NFL? And B, if there is, do you guys have a little bit of it and how do you keep it going?
11: Definitely. It's definitely definitely momentum. Everybody knows that, man. It's a, it's a big thing in the NFL for sure. Just trying to get that first win and you're getting that confidence under you. The biggest thing is just keeping it going. Just kind of keeping that, that team camaraderie up. I guess especially in this time right now, November, which was a must-win month. So reiterating that with guys and understanding what's what's at stake now and just kind of keep going forward, I think that's the biggest thing. and We kind of know what's at stake, just to have a winning season and kind of finish this thing out strong. So nothing's far beyond reach, so we'll just keep working and seeing what happens.
12: Yeah, there is still eight games to go, as a matter of fact, and you guys are always going to be in the playoff hunt when you have that much time in front of you on a personal level how do you think you've taken advantage of the opportunity you've gotten? From the outside, looks great. I mean, you've had double-digit tackles in just about every game you've played, but what have you thought of your personal opportunity you've had so far?
11: Me personally, man, I'm definitely, like, for me personally, I'm hard on myself. Man, I left a lot of plays out there, a lot of plays that could have put us in a better position as far as on the field, as a team and everything. So those, those are the plays that kind of, like, bother me the most. Think, I think about the most. Of course, I played all right, but I still, like, feel like there's a lot left on the table for myself to prove to these guys and these coaches around me, just kind of like lift this team. I I tell myself all the time just to kind of just be that. Just keep working it, just building that confidence within my teammates, kind of like keeping that faith in me as I'm out there and trying to perform for them. Honestly, it's not for myself, it's for them. And I really kind of take that to pride, just like making plays, just to make them happy and make them enjoy it a
12: little bit more. It's always enjoyable when you win. You're looking to do that against the Cleveland Browns team that, and they can run the ball. Let's talk first about Kareem Hunt. He's been toting the rock the last five, six games with Nick Chubb out, and he's been pretty effective also catching the ball. He's, he's caught four touchdown passes. What have you thought of Hunt from what you've seen on tape in preparation for him?
11: He's a talented guy. He's been kind of talented since he's been in the league. Extreme balance, a guy that's like knows how to keep falling forward, falls forward for the extra yard. So I think the biggest thing just for us, like the tackle well, which you did last week, kind of no missed tackles, make sure he's tackling physical, which you've kind of uh, trying to try to make ourselves be in just living up to the test, I like to test a good running back against a, a defense that wants to stop the run. So, we're interested to stop, the, interested in, a, in the challenge and really up for it. So,
12: yeah, he's one component of that challenge. And sounds like, looks like Chubb is going to be the other component who is likely going to play if you do see him. How's he compare with what you see from Hunt? Chubb's a
11: natural runner, he wants to run the ball downhill, he's a physical guy, he loves to run the ball, which we like to see. So, honestly, it's again, I just like the challenges ahead of us kind of two good backs, two studs, a running back, and. It's a a chance for us to prove our defense that we can stop the run.
12: And leading the charge for them at quarterback is Baker Mayfield. He's been around for a few years now, still a young quarterback, but it seems like he's been sort of hot and cold at times this year, which happens. What are your thoughts on Baker Mayfield? What can he do and what's the challenge he presents for you guys?
11: Again, he's a talented quarterback. He uh, has a strong arm, can throw the ball, doesn't mind taking it down, getting getting ready to run, running the boots and everything. So, just be prepared for that, just knowing he's a talented guy. So for us, we just make sure we're being on our P's and Q's, having good eyes, being able to affect, his, affect, affect the pass game while also being mindful that he will take the ball down the scrum. All
12: right. Have you played in Cleveland before?
11: No, it's is my first time playing up there. All
12: right. It's going to be an interesting one. Well, best of luck to you, Tyrell Adams, as well as the Texans as you take on the Browns on Sunday in Cleveland. Appreciate it, man. I know what I'll
0: appreciate. Well, those two. But I appreciate and will appreciate a huge win over the Cleveland Browns coming up this Sunday. Kick is at noon. Keep in mind this weekend, Saturday night, extra points, Texans 360. That's on ABC after the uh, news that follows after the college football game on ABC. Don't miss those. Sunday morning, 9 o'clock local time, Sports Radio 610. Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne. They kick it off with the pregame show. Mark Andre and myself got the call. And then afterwards, you got Sean Pendergast and my man Clint Sterner. And if you want to hear more from Clint with me on my podcast, Football with Friends, Football Takeover, that is my college football side of life, if you will. So go check that out. That podcast is up and available to you, as well as seven others that are really, really good. So go check it out. I'm talking a lot of college football. That was really fun with Clint Sterner. He is part of our postgame and a great part of our postgame uh festivities if you will so a huge thanks tonight to dp city to justin reed to mark vandermeer to romeo Cornell, to drew doherty to terrell adams to brandon porter back in studio making sure everything's run, everything runs smoothly and i don't say anything i'm going to regret later on and to all of you for listening you guys are the very best we'll see you on sunday have a great weekend and go texans
3: You've been listening to Houston Texans football brought to you by Reliant Energy, Ford, Texas Lottery, Geico, and by Cushada. This is Texans radio.
1: As a leading global resources company, BHP helps provide the energy fueling economic growth here in Houston. This effort is coupled with a commitment to the community. Each year we donate millions of dollars and thousands of volunteer hours to programs that promote childhood literacy, improve health and well-being, and enhance the quality of life for all Houstonians. The Texans supply the energy on the field. BHP helps supply the energy everywhere else. Hey Texans fans, you are lucky dogs because the Texans have teamed up with Home Smokehouse to make the best tasting small batch pecan smoked hot dog, only available at NRG Stadium. That's right, Home Smokehouse, voted number 1 in taste, has been smoking in Texas since 1970, and believe me, you've never really tasted a hot dog till you bite into a Home Smokehouse pecan smoked hot dog. There's no taste like home's proud sponsor of the houston texans
5: i'm a verizon engineer and today we're turning on 5g across the country including right here in houston with the coverage of 5g nationwide and in more and more cities the unprecedented performance of ultra wideband it will change your phone and how businesses do everything i'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way we built it right this is the 5G America's been waiting for, only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800-plus cities.
12: Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation helps power cleaner electricity, enables access to food, education, and health care, and connects us to those we love. Apache is committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com.